Hey, this is Dave. This is Tim. And this is Dave and Tim. No, okay. and Dave. I got Tim and Dave. I, yeah. Yeah, okay. This. Well, we should testing. actually add that into the show. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Tim. And this is Dave. This is Tim and Dave. sang out a tune would you stand up and walk out on me lend me your ears and i'll sing you a song and i'll try to not sing out of key oh i get by with a little help from my friends Oh, I get high with a little help from Tim and Dave's show. Oh, I'm going to try a little help with the Tim and Dave show. Sing it. Welcome back, ladies mm. and gentlemen, mm. to the Tim and Dave show That's podcast. That's a belter. That's Thank what they you. call a belter, David. My goodness, that has mm. been too long. Tim. Too long. Too long. Too I want long. to extend... My greatest apologies yes, to our listeners. We've been very busy. Very busy. Very busy. Very busy. A lot of life stuff going on with Tim Ooh, and I. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we're actually recording in the old studio here we are. at Westchester. It's, it's a throwback. It's a throwback. Classic Tim and Dave show. When was the last time you heard this beautiful actually, voice sing in Ooh. the show? I don't I don't remember. Not nearly long Maybe enough. Maybe a couple weeks ago. Not nearly Not long enough. Exact- <laughs> My goodness, though. It feels good to be back. It, it does. It good. does. Seeing you. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Ladies and gentlemen, I think you can appreciate that. Our listeners, I'm sure, their hearts are growing fonder. They've got their pants down. They're ready for the Tim and Dave You know show. what? We couldn't We couldn't even go without f- the first five minutes without some sort of insinuation about no, this. No, no, no. Um, this show is built on the solid foundation of illicit insinuations. <laughs> uh, I want to I wanna say first, before we go any further, thank you all. For giving us your support yes, uh, in yes. our absence, um, we had some really positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just the likes, even on Facebook, and it means a lot to us to know that you guys uh, love what you hear. Indeed, and, indeed, so um, really, it means a, it does mean a lot. It just it feels does. like it really we, does. I, I really do appreciate. We're that. touching people. We're 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 we're, we're, t- yeah, we're, t- we're touching people. <laughs> Could you word that any different? All right, so. Um, <laughs> God, it's good to see you. People again, are man. touched yeah. by Tim and Dave. <laughs> okay, Tim, <laughs> this bit's over. The bit's over, okay, Tim. Okay. Um, but no, it's it's been it's good to see you guys all um, listening and, and giving us your support, especially on our social media accounts. And yes, of course, we're going to do a little plug as we always do. Oh yeah, you can plug catch it. Us, the Tim and Dave Show podcast. You can also see us on our Patreon account where you can donate small monetary funds. We thank you for the support for that at Patreon.com and Tim and Dave Show podcast. We also have our Google Play, SoundCloud, FM Play, and iTunes account for. Or the Tim and Dave Show podcast. Uh, but as always and always and always and always. Always. What am I going to say? What's the best way to get our word out? Word of mouth. Word of, thank you. This guy's been doing this for 50 odd Word episodes. And now he took you how long? Where else is the word going to come from? Uh, the, I want it out of your bird, mouth, bird, ladies and bird, gentlemen. Bird, bird, bird. The bird is the word. So, um... Anyways, no, it's good to see you guys or listen to here. Have you guys come and listen to us yes, again? Yes, I'm excited to get started. I'm There's excited. Been a, a lot of topics. So Tim. much. A lot of topics. Not Tim. necessarily wonder, anything good. Not necessarily. maybe nothing good. But here's the thing. But a lot of stuff. But here's the thing. Like I, I wonder had, had and I, I wonder if our listeners were like, oh man, this is going on. I want Tim and Dave's I wish perspective. I heard Tim and Dave's perspective. They have no idea what to think about no, any of this stuff. No, not at They've all. They've just been putting it on the back burner. Right. right. So after they listen to this episode, right. they're going to be around the water cooler and they're going to be like, now I. Can can talk about it <laughs> and everyone's going to be like uh no one cares anymore it's like three weeks old <laughs> yeah. but you're going to hear about you're gonna it here the Tim and, Dave and you're going to hear the authoritative interpretation of everything that's happened dang right dang should right. we start um i want to talk about the weather I okay that's what they want it's been they, hot this is but they have come to hear me talk it, about it was raining for a long time it was in pennsylvania oh well, my on gosh the East Coast, really it's been crazy rain rain, a, rain rain thunder Thun- yes, rain and thunder go together, Timmy. This is not preschool. Well, shut up. Did you ever do in preschool? Like, were, well, first off, were you in preschool? I think so. Okay, that, okay. I was in preschool as well. Okay. And every time I remember this distinctly, there was a weather board, mm. and if it was a certain weather, you'd have to point to the weather with a little stick. Mm. And um, rain and thunder were together, Tim. Um, anyway, not always. Anyways, I had to go to a bachelor party actually oh, last yeah. weekend, and. Um, up in the group, mountains. Group of, so you're telling me there were a lot of bulges. There was a there was a group of men in the mountains. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. 
and uh, it was raining all weekend. Uh-huh. We weren't able to do anything crazy outside. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all cooped up, huh? Cabin fever. Uh, <laughs> 2018. <laughs> no, so we went go karting and okay. um, we saw Deadpool. Okay, actually, Deadpool, the second movie, was a lot funnier than the I first. I don't like it. You, you never, I never you saw never it. Saw, I don't like it. I mean, people, <laughs> wait, like, was it? It's a, it's a popular movie. I don't <laughs> like it. Wasn't Deadpool in that Wolverine movie? You no, know, I know that Deadpool was in that. Okay, Wolverine that, movie. I don't like him from that then. I love that movie. I love the movie, but I don't. I didn't like Deadpool. Well, Deadpool. I don't know. I think it's just a fan favorite. And long story short, is is it, is it still Ryan Reynolds? I love Ryan. Reynolds. You know, I don't care I for that love character. Ryan Reynolds. I despise Ryan. He is, Ryan he is, Reynolds. He is, he is a, he's an academic, and he's a comedic artist. I love the Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Anyways, so um, and then the long story short, we went to play poker. Mm. I'm not very good at poker, mm. but all all the guys at the bachelor party lost at poker except, except for me. You and I won 120 dollars on a pair of sixes, nice. which goes to show you: a, I don't know what I was doing, and b, that that game is full of luck, and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a complete joke. The, it's all luck, David. The guy I won it from literally like three hands beforehand won like 800 dollars. Wow, it was mm. a joke. So that'd and be pretty he, sweet. And like the whole game, I was I looked like an idiot. And this uh-huh. is like the last hand I could play. Your card shark. And literally, when I won that hand, they're all giving me compliments. All these fifty-year-old pot-bellied guys. And then <laughs> a normal weekend. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and then this, and the guy who I won it from was had to have been like at least 60, 70 uh-huh. years old. Gives me the dirtiest glare of confusion. Like, are you a freaking shark? Are you playing all of us? And you just got the money. You. S-. He was like, "Who the hell is this kid? <laughs> like, who is this punk?" Oh so, boy, that is humorous. It, well, you know, it is what it is. I spent all the money at the bar anyhow. So good nice, for me. Nice. Good for you. Topics, topics, topics. Korea. It was looking good. God, it was looking then good. Then it suddenly didn't look good. You know who I blame? It's John Bolton. I agree. He didn't like it. He wants war with Korea. He I wants agree. war with Iran. I, I kind of. He to... suddenly comes into office out of nowhere. What happens immediately? Okay, what happens immediately? Fake attack in Syria. Iran deal goes goes kaputs. Kaputs. And North Korea talk is off. Right after John Bolton comes into right. office with his freaking mustache, you think it's a coincidence? I don't think it's, it's a freaking coincidence. Fall. It's all the so. So here's we, what happened. Okay. John Bolton was talking about how we should deal with North Korea. This is before the meeting was canceled, Correct. and he evoked the so-called Libya option. Correct. Now, what happened with Libya is that we got them to just totally give up their nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. and they thought we were all doing this in good faith. And once they didn't have their nuclear weapons, what did we do to Libya, David? We, had a we invaded them. We bombed them. We supported the rebels. Yeah. And then Gaddafi got killed with a bayonet up his ass. Literally? Yeah, literally. I didn't know that. That's how we went. So then the North Koreans are hearing, oh, John Wait, Bolton. Did he die from the bayonet up his well, ass? Or did they kill him and then put so the, the bayonet up his Well, ass? he was alive when the bayonet w- went up his ass. Oh, that's the sucks. rebels fo- found him and they just fucking killed him to death. Okay. Um, sorry. Doesn't matter. They killed him to death, involving a bayonet right. up his ass. Right. So anyway, yeah, when John Bolton evokes this Libya option, North Korea started to get a little bit more Antsy. defensive. And then when they got more defensive, suddenly Donald Trump's like, oh, you guys are being mean. We're not going to meet anymore. Now, here's my th- and I'm sure behind the scenes, John Bolton was pushing him to stop this meeting. I, and here's the thing. I, I, I get that, and it kind of seems like that. You can't be that stupid to ev- evoke that imagery mm-hmm. to a sensitive issue. Like, uh-huh. how dumb... Or was it really just a folly? And that's why the North Koreans want their nuclear weapons, because they want to bargain I mean, we've argue, you've argued that before. Yeah. Now, long, wh- whatever reason it was, the North Koreans started to be more uh, uh, aggressive in their, in their, in their dialogue yeah, after the uh-huh. meeting with uh, President Moon uh, mm. and Kim Jong-un mm-hmm. together. Um, and it looked good for a little while. But uh-huh. as you said, after that statement, it went downhill. And then I think what I read was is that the straw that broke the camel's back is when they called Pence like some pansy or something. like. Well, that. he is. Well, you can't say that in diplomatic means. Yeah. Now, it's th- better than saying the Libya option. Of course. The debate that's going on now that I find interesting because it's so minute uh-huh. that I would prefer to have this as a Tim and Dave show conversation okay. was the actual letter I, stating, Did you read the letter? Stating that we will no longer have this meeting. Uh-huh. Now, 
I've heard two stories about this letter. I've read the letter personally. Okay. I liked the letter. And I liked the letter as well. It sounded genuine. It sounded like an uh, actual person writing a letter. That's what I'm saying. Rather than filtered through a committee of 50,000 people. But I of course, agree. the media is like, this is so unprofessional that, by Donald that, Trump. That's the truth of it. And, I, and my, thing, my view is this. No matter what he would have written, it would have been lambasted yeah, to people. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. People say, oh, this is such a cold letter. Like, you know, if, if he had, uh-huh. you know, he, this is, this is, there's no human quality mm-hmm. in this administration. And then when he writes something that he literally be writing to you yep. like your best friend after having a fight over Power uh-huh. Rangers. Like I no longer think this relationship as friends will yep. work out. I believe Tommy was the true <laughs> ranger, you know, which he was. No, he, he was, and it was Jeff. No, Jeff was never a okay. Jason, the Red Jason, Ranger. Yeah, it was Jason. Okay, first off, it was Jason, and then I think it was Zach. No, Zach was the Black Ranger. Okay. Anyways, Tommy was cool. All right, see, see all right. Tommy, all right. the actual actor now. No, he's super tatted up. He's like a UFC fighter now. Wow, kid you not. Hmm. And I believe that the Game of Thrones chair with all the knives and stuff was the uh-huh. same one that the Green Ranger used. It's the same <laughs> prop. It's so That'd be pretty awesome. No, it happened. It happened. Wow. So yeah, I think the letter was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you see that one? What was that one line where he says something like? You talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so powerful, I pray to God that they're never used. Yeah, I think that was pretty, pretty well yeah, put. Yeah, like, it was cool. He's saying like, dude, and the funny thing is this will literally be a history letter, a letter mm-hmm. that will go down in history, just yes. like letters of George Washington. Like, uh-huh. It's it's a it's a great letter. It's a bravado letter. And I think it, it's it, very made, Donald it made a Trump. good point. Now, oh, speaking of Donald Trump. Yes. It was ruled in court that Donald Trump cannot block people from Twitter. Because his Twitter is too important to the national conversation. Wow. He can't cut people off from what he says on Twitter. Huh. It's a, they actually ruled it a violation of the First Amendment. Wow. That people couldn't see what Donald Trump <laughs> says on Twitter. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty funny. Um, what a joke. Um, so I think it's right. Oh, yeah. No, totally. The whole the concept that we're using Twitter is a joke, yeah, but it's yeah, revolutionary. Yeah. It won't mm-hmm. ever be backtracked after this. This is literally... No, no, no. Social media will now be a thing for the presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so... Um, today, actually, breaking news that came out, though, um, the North Koreans said, we are open to talk at any given point in time at uh-huh, all. Yep. And then Trump just says, well, you know what? Maybe June 12th meeting will come back on. Well, oh, hey, that'd be nice. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said. So literally, it's just... it's, it's Art very, of the deal. It's part of the deal. Art of, and the, that's art, I think, art of and, the deal. The art of the deal. As and Donald Trump I, says, the second greatest book of all time. What, what was the greatest book of all time? The Bible. Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just, I literally was pulling that out of my butt. Like, that's like what he that's, said. He would say that, wouldn't he? And he said, in the, well, it's close. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Those evangelicals will eat that up. Yep. Like, of course uh-huh. they would. And I bet, oh, whatever. The point is, <laughs> Jesus, America, why? Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, what was I saying? And when he said that, maybe the deal will go back on, uh-huh. I kind of feel like almost the John Bolton statement was already pre-planned because hmm. I saw that this meeting could go sour given that he said in good faith they weren't following through with the obligations uh-huh. to set up the the meeting so I want to f- I kind of feel like this is this was all staged in a certain degree maybe and it, I, I wouldn't be surprised at, at that high level maybe like, Trump's using John Bolton well Donald Trump has used every person for his meeting that's for and sure he, literally he it can't just be all coincidence or him being stupid. Like this whole, yeah, this whole yeah. cabinet picks everything. It's been a joke. It's been a complete and utter joke. So, in any case, um, it's been an interesting story when they when Kim Jong Un and uh, President Kim shook hands and everything. Did you notice the first initial meeting? They shook hands and Moon was on the north south side and mm-hmm. Kim was on the south on the north side. Mm-hmm. And that the north side, the south side was a little bit bigger. Ah, I didn't notice that. So when they're shaking hands, Moon was towering over. Kim, oh boy! And then Kim went to the south side mm. and then invited Un, uh, Moon. We talked about to that. the north side, and hand that was not hand, staged. It was that so was not cute. Sta- that wasn't it was staged. So cute. It wasn't staged for him to go. It was to the like north. an anime. Yeah, but it was not staged. It shows it's, it kind of showed something about the leader of of, of of North Korea. North Korea, I like him in its own sense. He's a so, good guy. I mean, I want things to work out, you know, but I, it, it it will be it'll be something to continue to look into. But you know, they said that there was a fifty fifty chance for it all to happen because mm-hmm. you know, and you talk to any Korean, they're going to say this is the same rhetoric and BS that's been going on for yeah. literally decades. Yeah. So that's North Korea, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it. Not first from the Tim and Dave Show podcast. You heard it decisively you heard from it dec- the Tim and Dave Thank Show. Thank you. Decisively. You heard it last because this is the final word on North Korea. For a while because I'm done yes. talking about it because this is getting ridiculous. Speaking of geopolitical powder kegs. And that's something to There's another country. About. Yep. Israel. Yeah, okay. Well, you know about the uh, 
yes. movement of the embassy to Jerusalem. Yes. Palestinians don't like it. Obviously. They want Jerusalem. So they had a big protest near the border, near the border mm-hmm. and they got fired on. Mm-hmm. Many really? died. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It was a very violent scene. Are you still a sort of pro-Israel kind of guy? I mean, like, honestly, at this point, I have not looked enough into the issue. I've seen both sides in several areas in my life where I've looked into it. Um, I, I know it's the fad in intellectual circles to to not support the Israeli mm. state. Um but I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. Okay. And it's funny though how like evangelical Protestants have gotten so behind Israel, and this is like a sort of meme going all the way back to the Reformation, because there's this idea when the Jews go back to the Promised Land, it'll be the apocalypse. Right. This is nowhere in the Bible, but it's sort of. Well, I'm sure there has some sort of to it. There's when the it, temple is remade. That, that's never said at that's all. It's in the Revelation. No, it's not. No, Timmy, it's not. I'm that's s- never said. That's never said. Something okay. about a temple. Not. It's not even said the temple. What is said is it's in Second Thessalonians, which I don't think is a genuine is a genuine Pauline epistle. It's kind of like fifty fifty. No one knows amongst, you're talking about. Okay, you know Paul. I know what he wrote mean. a bunch I know of letters. What you, I know Romans, what Colossians, Corinthians, Thessalonians. Right. right? Just because you read the Bible. Doesn't mean okay. you're a theologian. So there are some that biblical scholars. Timmy literally reads the Bible to debate it. There are some that biblical scholars they won't deny it either. Definitively agree. We're, we're written by Paul. Pope. There are some that biblis, biblical but scholars. But he still likes little boys. Defi- <laughs> definitively agree. We're not written by Paul. Second Thessalonians is one that's legitimately split 50 50. Uh-huh. I believe it was not written by Paul because I don't think the theological contents cohere with the genuine Pauline letters. But what is written in Second Thessalonians, he addresses some people who believe that the resurrection has already begun. And then he says, you'll know the resurrection because, what does he say? The, the abomination of desolation will have happened, which is a callback to something in one of the Old Testament tax, texts that has some sort of relationship with the temple. It's not even explicit, but there's some sort of relationship. You're going to have to take your word for it. This is getting a little too preachy. You're right. You're right. It's it's getting too academic. No. It's getting too academic. How dare you insinuate I am an pseudo-intellectual? I'm not. I'm I'm talking about our listeners. How dare you call (laughs) it pseudo- all right. Anyways, you don't you hate Jews, so go. Okay. On. All right. So that's it. I guess we can end it there. I just said about Israel. Pretty, pretty, pretty big, and you're not going to debate whether or not. I it's true. definitely don't hate Jews. Okay, thank I you, love Jay. the Jewish people. Karl Marx was a Jew. I'm a big fan of the Jews. Okay. Okay. You just don't like Israel. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I do not like Israel. Okay. I kind of like Israel. Ireland. Yes. We're talking I about like abortion. Ireland. I, I like, like Ireland I like too. Abor- I mean, I do like. I do support women's rights. Actually, mm, but I, you I, don't I, like abortion. Who? No one likes. It's it. not like you're going out in the streets. <laughs> like yeah man i think i think it's a, i think it's needed yeah i okay. think people should have the choice so it was in their constitution no abortion because yeah. ireland is very catholic of course yes. or at least it was still is to some extent but not as much as like italy or something right so they're now having Wait, italy is more catholic than ireland? oh for sure oh, well man. as far as like I mean, people italy... <laughs> as far as like <laughs> people who actually, love, hello? who actually believe in you know, catholicism down with? italy italy more so is Faithful Catholics. Ireland is too close to England. And, of course, England is like the the origin of all atheism in the world. So, therefore, some of it contaminated. Uh, I, I, on that I would definitely say England is the origin Germany? of Germany? No, not Germany. Not Germany. Germany has never really been a really religious state. Frickin' than... Martin Luther. Yeah, but that's still... You could argue that once you... Okay, I'll play devil's advocate. All right. Once Mar- Mar- once Lutheranism came came over, it was a bastardization of the Catholicist Church. Exactly. Which means it so started that, the start. It started. It destroyed the universal faith. Which means one could argue that that was the origins of atheism. Okay, but I still think it's England, yeah, think England, it's England, and and the Dutch. It's England and the Dutch. Well, the Dutch. Yeah, I, I'd say the Dutch, but I'd say it's the Germans and the Dutch. Well, how about we just say it's the Germans, the Dutch, and the British? It's the Germanics. Anglo-Saxons, Anglo-Dutch-Saxons. It's all the Germanics. There you go. Guys like you and me, Irish and uh, Mediterraneans. Right. We we, we, we are not stuck to the old old culture, old cult stuff. They had no abortion in their constitution. Is there abortion in ours? No. No, no, never. We just have things about alcohol, which make no sense. Yeah. Never was addressed in our constitution. Anywhere, they're voting on it today. In fact, the polls have closed the official results aren't out yet, but the polling looks like abortion is allowed now in Ireland. Oh, wow. Modern. So there you have it. Modern, modern. That's modernism, all right. Yes, it is. Shooting. 
Yeah, what about it's it? It's been a lot of shootings. Yeah, I know that. Which one? Yeah. Got, was it Florida? Was the We had a Florida one? Well, Florida was a while ago. That was the big one. Yeah. Then, then there was Texas, this kid. Yeah. He was an elementary school kid, right? No, no, he was a high school kid. Okay, he just went. Wasn't and there shot just an elementary school one this reason? I don't know. I'm sure there. I'm sure there was. Okay, <laughs> probably this afternoon, and no one heard about it because yeah, it's right. America. Yeah. So, so America, it's all about school shootings. It's part of our national character, <laughs> and I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, it's it's right now. It's like state testing. So I wonder if that had anything to do with it. I doubt it. Okay. PUBG. <laughs> speaking of shooting. So I'm kind of addicted to PUBG right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I've been getting some chicken dinners and chicken nuggets lately. Mm. Um, chicken dinner means you win a game. Chicken nugget means you won the game because the people that died were in the blue zone. Wow. Only people that play PUBG will know what that means. Mm. But I've been racking up a lot of hours playing PUBG. I don't doubt it for a second. It's keeping me sober. That's good. Okay, that's good. keeping me sober, ladies and gentlemen, because... This, this is my anti-drug. <laughs> PUBG. It's my anti-drug. <laughs> um, it really feels nice to, to kill somebody. Um, now, that'd be a commercial. Some guy in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet, pants down with his cell phone. <laughs> you, may this think, is... <laughs> you may think this is a terrible part, point in my life right now, but actually, it's the best point I've ever been in. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had a drink in over two weeks. <laughs> And, and, this and this is my anti-drug. This is my anti-drug. Yes, yes, PUBG, doing what alcoholics uh. could not have done with the Bible for decades. Yes, yes. It's actually a really great game, and I uh-huh. really recommend people playing it. I played it a couple times with you, but you won't play it solo. Those games aren't my kind of thing. What does you that know even that. mean, Timmy? I just don't like those kind what of. What does games. that even mean, Timmy? I don't know. I don't know what it means, but those kind what of. What does games, it even mean to me? I like Final Fantasy games. Other you know, than I've that, I've been actually researching a lot about Final Fantasy lately. Hmm. What do you um, mean? So I'm not going to be specific, but a, but um, a person drew me a picture. Hmm. Um, who in my it, it, revolving in my work, mm-hmm. and uh, that person I, I helped out uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I sponsored um, an organization with this individual uh, who became the leader of the organization. And in that organization, I had made a I I was um, a mentor yes, in that organization, yes. in my workplace. And um, anyways, that person's leaving mm-hmm. uh, my place of work this year. Um, but I remember some of the things I would tell the the people in the organization. <clears throat> Uh, and that, um, one of the, one of the things I would tell them is a quote from crisis core and you know, I am a personality trait that's pretty motivational. I would say, I think Mm. I take on a lot of people's, um, problems. I wouldn't say people have problems. I mean, people obviously have problems, but like, I wouldn't say it concerns needs. Okay. I take on people's needs and Giving my personality traits, sometimes I I take them on too much. I take, hmm. I internalize them too much, and I try to take a hold. Like like when you had gone through some of your issues, hmm. you say, "Dave, sometimes I just want you to listen to me," mm-hmm. and I think that's fair. I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, but I genuinely care about individuals. Mm-hmm. And I want people to do better. And yeah, be yeah. Better people. Like mm-hmm. I want to be a better person. That's why I play PUBG and don't drink. Yeah, yeah. And um, but anyways, so one of the things I told that the group um was. A quote from Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, and I said, hmm. and, it's, and it goes like this: It says, um, "Embrace your dreams. Hmm. If you want to be a hero, you have to have dreams." Hmm. And I think, to a degree, that is a very pseudo academic or intellectual statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think if you had A, B, C, D, whatever, watched, mm-hmm. played, seen, know the story of Final Fantasy and the Final Fantasy VII Crisis yeah, yeah. Core storyline. Which deals with a character named Zach Fair, who was a person that took. That's care- his last name. Yeah, Are you sure. Zach Zach Fair. Okay. They, they purposely did that because again, I've been researching this uh-huh. because Cloud Strife's name seemed very uh, intense, yes. but Zach Fair was fair weather. Okay. So, and most of the scenes where you see him in, there's blue skies. Mm. He was a positive character. And I really connect with that person because mm-hmm. in the end of the story, spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, he had to sacrifice his life mm-hmm. for Cloud's strife. 
and he told Cloud on his deathbed or on, when he's dying on the ground and giving him the Buster Blade. No, Buster's sword, mind yeah, you. Yeah. No, it's Buster Blade. I'm pretty sure it's Buster's sword. I okay. Buster right. Blade is actually a, a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Buster Blader. I, I okay, looked this okay. up. I was confused too. And he said, you will be my living legacy. Mm. And when he passes, he reaches up to his old mentor, Angel, okay, mm-hmm. and says... Do you think I became a hero? And mm-hmm. it was a really important part of me because Zach Fair was was like a father, teacher, mentor figure yeah, all uh-huh. throughout. And that's what set up the actual game Final Fantasy VII's plot line where you talked where, – where everyone – Anybody who's anybody knows that's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy about that story, because I was also researching a lot about Cowboy Bebop recently, uh-huh. because FLCL2 is coming out next week. Boop. We'll do a review on that. Oh, we will. But I've been really just watching these old shows from my childhood, because I've been really wanting to reconnect with a piece of me. I feel like capitalism, yeah. life mm. has kind of torn away, took it away you. from me. I think my saving grace yeah. has always been my creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, you have to find a saving grace in your life, too, mm. that you can say this connects back to the soul personhood of who I am. Eventually, we get lost in the menagerie of things in life where we can't tell the difference between the trees and the forest mm-hmm. in our own selves. And we must sometimes just look back and say, where did this all begin? Who was I before all of this? You know, Even mm. when I was telling you, Tim, you were going through some rough stuff yourself. I don't want to get too personal here on the podcast. Mm. But I said, Tim has, and ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you haven't known Tim very much longer as long as this podcast but i've known tim all my life Mm -hmm. and i've seen him through his ups and downs he's seen me through his ups and his downs Mm. and the past year since this podcast creation i've seen timmy more than i've seen him in years Mm -hmm. and i've seen a side of timmy i haven't seen in a very long time and i was telling timmy this i said to him this is the kid i remember you know Mm. i'm not saying that he's always been a negative nancy but we've had a turbulent 20s mm. trying to make mm. sense of all this stuff and trying to get our stuff together and we're still a work in progress you're still a work in progress listeners and i was just giving tim a compliment saying you have been there for me more than i've had you been there for me in years mm. so the whole concept i'm trying to say is that through cowboy bebop through final fantasy and mm. all of its amalgamations there is a sense of loss in one's past mm-hmm. and until one confronts their past only then and only then can they move forward and i think in a lot of ways that's what final fantasy 7 depicted I and i think a lot of stories and actually on the podcast we're gonna be talking about this later today Although when spike about- confronts his past he just dies but okay well, it's different. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bittersweet <laughs> ending. It's a, it does he dies? The real yeah. question. But in the in later, oh, now, he dies. We're going to debate this. Okay, later. okay, okay. We're going to talk more about stories. I read a really interesting article about right. stories are uh, are essential within mm. the human living experience. Well, yeah. So I'm gonna we're gonna put a pin note on that. But what I want to get back to is the idea of cloud strife in this quote. Mm-hmm. So cloud eventually goes on and does his epic through Final Fantasy VII storyline and more or less saves the world. But if it wasn't for Zach Fair who guided mm-hmm. him, who supported him, who sacrificed for him, yeah. he would not have existed. There was, a par- there, was a, there was a parable I once had told to me when I was feeling really low one day. It's funny about stories, Timmy. And again, we'll talk about stories a little later. I collect them like I collect experiences with others. Yes. And when someone really touches a part of my life in a sense <laughs> uh-huh. that it's an emotional aspect, it's a really raw, when they see the real me. Yes. Uh-huh. And I show that person to them and they give me a story. It's, it's, um, I, I, when it's funny, it's, it is funny, right? When you open up to somebody, you actually show your real self, the, the device they give you is solid and true and really sticks to you. And I've had yeah. a, several people in my life who are like that and I'm very grateful to have them. And I guarantee you, I promise if any of you guys are listening and any of you guys who have ever said this to, I promise you one day I'm going to be a novelist or some sort of creative writer and I'm going to put this in a story and some way or another, you're, if you ever read it, you'll know it's you. Anyways, this person once said to me, David, you're a good person. Hmm. And I said, thank you, because not many people say that. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying people deny that I am or am not, but it's, a, it's nice to hear it sometimes, yeah. you know, uh-huh. especially when you're feeling pretty bad. And then they told me a story about pots. 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 Okay. So the story goes this. The world is full of pots. That's for sure. Okay. All, there are millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of pots. Yeah. But the world also has much rain. Okay, hmm. and in that rain, it will fall to the ground. And the thing about the world—not enough pots. Well, not necessarily. Okay, because there could be enough 
pots. Now listen to me here. There are all these pots in the world that need to collect all the rains mm-hmm. of the world. Okay, some pots are bigger than others. Some are a little small. Some are a little medium. A lot of them are average. Mm-hmm. But then there are the great pots. Oh yeah, the wonderful Big pots, pots, the huge pots. These pots that are so amassed. Make they a lot are of spaghetti able, sauce. They are able to hold a copious amount of the world's rain. Mm-hmm. The world needs pots like that. Yes. But the thing is, Timmy, there is no pot hmm. if there isn't a potter. That's for sure. And there are great potters in this life, Timmy. Mm-hmm. The great potters that take things that are just dirt and clay and mold them into this giant and grand wonderful pot that can hold on to the weights and the waters of the world without great potters there cannot be great pots so the moral of the story is timmy you may not be the person in the world where you save it you Mm -hmm. being the person that saves it but you can be the potter that molds a person that creates an individual who can hold the worries and the strifes and the and the terrible things in the world and make it sound and well. And that's what Zach Fair was. And that's why he told Cloud Strife. Hmm. This boy who was just coming of age, who wanted to be something, mm-hmm. and gave and put upon from him Nibelheim. knowledge from Nibelheim. And he said to him, embrace your dreams. Mm-hmm. To be a hero, you have to have dreams. Hmm. And I said that quote with that story, with the organization, with this individual who I helped start this and be how, she, how that individual became a leader. And they wrote me a letter because they're leaving mm-hmm. and said, thank you. Thank you and all this stuff. And they said at, at the end of the letter to everybody else, you, must, you may be an ordinary person, but to us, you are a hero. Aww. I know. I literally, nice. I li- and it blew my mind up. It's so crazy how the smallest, mm-hmm. in so many retrospects, and here's the thing. I said that story maybe once, yep. but that's the image they had of me. And it's just, it really just put things in perspective. And you know what? Maybe they didn't even know how meaningful that would have, that would have sounded to me. I needed to hear that yeah. in the period of my life, in the, in the section of the, se- of the place in my mind. And I am told, you're a hero. Mm-hmm. And it just made me. I'm going to frame the damn thing, and I'm going to put. Nice. I'm going to put Zach Fair's picture right there with <laughs> with the quote. I kid you not. I like it. So, as I was saying, I have been researching a lot about um, Final Fantasy VII and Cloud Strife uh-huh. and all these things, and it's just interesting about that whole homage. And I feel like I'm really going to rewrite it. Uh, I mean, re uh, rewatch it again at some point in time. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, video games very important. Video games. Staying sober wanna, is kinda, also very important. I kind of want to play Final Fantasy VII over the summer. Well, well, you know, everyone's been waiting for the new Final Fantasy VII to come That's out. That's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Yeah. They said, it's been four years since they said it was going to happen, mm-hmm. but they said the last two, the, the first two years they've scrapped all of it. Wow. So they only have two years worth of work left because hmm. um, they're doing it in-house. They were kind of like third-partying it a little uh-huh. bit. So, but uh, we're not getting it. I will literally buy a, a, a PlayStation, oh, yeah, whatever sure. it is, just to literally play that game. Yeah. And I will invest my time and my money and my effort in just so I can know, rewatch it, relive yes, it. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. I know you had that game more closer to your heart because mm-hmm. you played it when it yeah, first came out uh-huh. in the U.S. And I played it afterwards. But mm-hmm. I, pre- but as the years went on, I have appreciated it more or less. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's PUBG, everybody. Stay sober. All right. Stay sober. All right. Spygate. Spygate. So a couple weeks ago, Trump, that's another great game. Goldeneye. Released a tweet proclaiming that the FBI had a spy in his campaign. Everyone laughed at him. He says, oh, Trump, old Trump sat, old man Trump sat it again. <laughs> He's going put it back in that loony house. <laughs> He's talking about spies. Well, it actually turned out to be true. So here's what happened. Okay. The, uh, so it's revealed that the FBI had this informant. He happens to be a Cambridge professor by the name of Stephen Halper. And he was in the employ of the FBI. Okay. And what he did is he approached top members of Trump's campaign, trying to insinuate himself within the campaign to, quote, unquote, get information about Russian interference or collusion, which has there's still absolutely zero evidence that any such thing ever happened. Every piece of so-called evidence that's purported to be evidence is either complete nonsense or outright dishonesty. Yeah, we've established that quite thoroughly in this podcast. So anyway. I, it's essential, actually, in a sense, this podcast was made. Mm. Sen- uh, uh, 
with that as its first tenement yes. against Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's darn. She stole the election. Darn too. I will never stop saying that she stole the election from Bernie. Okay. So anyway, yeah, this person approached um, individuals of Trump's campaign. He even paid one. There was this young um, person on Trump's foreign policy staff, okay. staff by the name of George Papadopoulos. In order to get close, Papadopoulos. in order to get it's close, a Papadopoulos kind of day. In order to get, George Papadopoulos to you. In order to get close to this individual, I want some Papadopoulos with my butter, please. He paid extra butter on my Papadopoulos. Sorry, I'm done. I'm sorry. He what, paid. What, what, what a ridiculous name. What what is that? It's Greek. Papadopoulos. Greek. Yeah, sorry, I didn't want to yeah. be mean. Okay. It, he paid Papadopoulos. <laughs> Three thousand. Sounds like some weird Mario Goomba character. Three thousand. Oh, watch out for the Papadopoulos! Oh my God. He paid him. It would make sense because Mario is, you know, Mediterranean. I'm sorry, Tim. Okay. I can't. He paid him three thousand. It's called Big P. Big P. <laughs> he paid Big P three thousand dollars. Sounds a lot more valid now. To write a policy paper about well, Turkey. He paid Big P to write about a uh-huh. policy paper. Yep. And he talked to Carter Page and tried Carter to get. Pa- Where's all these P's coming from? <laughs> Well, Trump. And I promise P. everyone. I've been playing PUBG. I'm completely sober right now. He tried to get. Um, he tried to sort of insinuate himself into the foreign policy staff okay. by making suggestions and asking if he could be part of meetings and whatnot. So there was actually an FBI informant pop, pop trying up. to get close Sorry. to Trump's campaign. Okay. Yes, and relaying information back to the FBI. So there was a spy in Trump's campaign. That's a spy. Okay. So there's a spy, and he <laughs> a couple days ago he had a tweet that was about it that was pretty funny don't do that to my dresser because he said big dollars were paid to no he said large dollars were paid to this spy <laughs> large dollars <laughs> like like, like, like the, the spy was like all right obama if i'm doing this i want currency no problem no i mean like big freaking currency i want to go to my wife uh-huh. whip out a hundred dollar bill the size of a parachute and says i'm serving my country Yes, large dollars paid to the spy. Spygate, a terrible thing, was his was his tweet. Everything's a terrible thing in his tweets. He's a great tweeter. So there was an actual spy in Trump's campaign. Nothing's going to be done of it. Nope, nothing's going to be done of it. Royal wedding. No one cares. Okay, so David, I have a question for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, wa- I was I was just th- it just popped into my head randomly. A question. You know how questions pop into your head so now and again? I wonder if America really does give a crap about the royal wedding. I mean, honestly, did you? No. And I didn't either. No. She's Even hot. Though, I think she's hot. I guess. What are you, why is she not hot, Tim? She's okay. You're a racist. I'm not. Yeah. I like the black women. She's, she's, she is so, she is a, she's a pretty girl. She's okay. Okay. How do they meet again? Who knows? All right, whatever. So That's as far as I give a crap about that topic. A question popped into my head. Okay, yes. And I said there's only one man who can answer this. You know it's David. Me. So, David, here's a question. What's more important, cultural knowledge or language knowledge? Funny you should ask, Tim, because I just read an interesting article in BBC. No way. Yes. Dude, are you kidding me? You just read about this topic? Feel my snizzle, my nizzle. Like, that's such a coincidence. So it's interesting. So the premise is this, ladies and gentlemen. Um... And I've been thinking about this for a while, too. I And Timmy and I have talked about this, and he's chided me over Ooh, it as well. And am I, I going to chide you about this? Yeah, No, no, you've chided me about this particular topic, and that is, I can't speak more than one language. Papatopoulos. On to the Papatopoulos of the next week. I can't speak more than one language. I speak English, and that's it. Now, you speak two languages. You speak. I don't speak, but I can read. You, you, you are fluent in two languages. Okay, fine. French and English. Yes. And that's more than I could say for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I wish I had done younger. But, you know, again, we all say that about one thing or That's for about, sure. You know? I mean, I wish I ate more Slim Jims as a kid. Yeah. You know I mean, like, that's a, that's a regret. Now yeah. my colon won't even... Yeah. Uh, I'm popping Papadopoulos every day if I do that. No, no, no. Um, Slim Jims are good, though. Now, that actually makes me sick to think about. Anyway, so we just ate a lot of salami. Um, mm. Which we also discovered that you cannot import meat from other countries unless it's... Apparently very, uh, true. Timmy did not agree, did, did not believe with me, believe me that when it's I said that. It's the farmers. That. They've got us by a stranglehold. Uh, stranglehold. stranglehold. They got us by the short hairs. like a Merkel from like World of Warcraft. Merkel. Anyways, um... What do you call it? I have, I, so, I, so I cannot speak another language. But I, I, I always wondered, is it better to know a language or is it better to be culturally understanding of other people's Well, I cultures? say language because I when say, you know a language, it's much easier. I think I'm not devaluing knowing. Plus, how can you understand a culture without the language? 
I don't know. I'm not saying that you would understand the culture to its finality, but let's say you can just let's say you learned academic French. Okay. And literally you learn nothing about the culture of France. Hmm. Would you say that you're better off understanding the person in an in in an emotional, empathetic, cultural way just by knowing the language, or do you have a better foothold of understanding that person if you had Good cultural background of understanding about the French. Well, yeah, sure. You'd want the cultural understanding. But the, the, the question is, which one would be more important to understand? To understand someone? You'd so, want to understand the culture. So that's what the article was stating. Now, it wasn't decounting the fact that it is important to have an understanding of the language. Because, of course, language has meaning. Of course, language has power in understanding a lot of minutia of of, yes, of a yes. people and i'm and I, I i completely understand that i completely advocate people being bilingual i completely mm-hmm. advocate that aspect of culturalization but this article raised an interesting point hmm. and it has a two-pronged you know two-pronged i want to say conniption implication to it i guess hmm. you could say the fact that english is becoming more or less the universal language of the of the world the lingua franca What's that? Which mean? means Fran- French language. It just means universal language that's understood by people who wouldn't otherwise speak the same language. And a lot of this really has implications in the business world because no one gives a crap about culture. They give a, yeah, they give uh-huh. a crap about making that money. That money. Yeah, exactly. And big, those large dollars. And the, they the, care about the large dollars. The, the large dollars. The larger, that's the how better. We're actually, we're going to talk about money now. I don't want to make a lot of money. I want to make, make the large, large money. I want you know to make large dollars. Um, so I actually did some research about our the lowest denomination of currency. It turns out half a penny was the lowest that the United States ever had. The half pence. The half pence. Pence. Actually, I don't think it was called pence. I, was called I wish I, I wish I had a half penny right now. Anyways, they said that, <laughs> I'll cut a penny in half for you. Enjoy it. All right. Um, they said that the last like minted currency with like real silver it was any I think half dollar minted after nineteen or before nineteen seventy five hmm. or so, or nineteen something or other. Doesn't matter. People collected it. I really don't care. I think it's yeah. sad. Uh-huh. Anyways, <laughs> um, point being, um, what I was getting at was that. The article is saying that because English is becoming more or less the universal language of the world, mm-hmm. and more specifically the business world, people are saying that it's probably more important now. It's it's there is a leading academic understanding that it might be more important now to understand the people's cultures that you're working with rather than the language, because a lot of people are just speaking English now. Mm-hmm. Now that leaves two implications, as I said. One would be that that makes it a lot easier for people who speak English, right? But it also puts the onus still on people who speak English. Mm-hmm. To understand a person's culture, you just can't walk yeah. into a boardroom with individuals of different cultures and act as if you're walking mm-hmm. into, into American boardrooms, whatever. Yeah. And I and I am completely 100 percent for that, making sure people are more culturally sensitive. There's an, remember we talked about maybe I don't know several podcasts, many podcasts ago about many cultural, moons ago. cultural, cultural competency and cultural intelligence becoming more important uh-huh. than in, intellectual competencies hmm. in the sense that. Um, an indicator of success in the business world is having your cultural quotient. Yeah. Uh, being able to be empathetic towards other people of different cultures and understandings of, of life, mm-hmm. which I, again, completely understand and agree with that. Hmm. That being said, however, it leaves with one other implication is that by taking away the person's language, like you said, you're taking away a person's identity. Mm-hmm. You know, the language is an identity. Yes, and I yes. think it's a little bit of a cop out. I think in a lot of ways to not say, oh, I don't need to learn anything of your language. I feel like that's yeah, a yeah, out. yeah. I, I uh-huh. really do. But it leaves one other question in my mind: What's Is that? it really going to happen to a point where the world's language will be English? Well, you know, that's why we went into World War II. You really think so? We said, listen, guys, we'll save you from the Nazis. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly how the Napoleonic <laughs> War started. We'll save you from the Nazis, but you're going to have to speak our language. And we ain't gonna have to speak yours. <laughs> so you either take it or Roosevelt, leave it, buddy. Roosevelt so you either that. take it or leave it, buddy. Carry a big stick. And they were screwed, so they said, "All right." And that's how English spread. So because if not, they'd all be communists right now. Right. Because the Soviets still would have won. It's interesting though, because I know we have a lot of uh, people from different cultures who listen to our podcast, mm, and people that's who for speak sure. various different languages, yep. but they also speak English. English. And I know this is a sensitive topic because, again, language is important. Language is a person's culture. Um, and plus, I'm almost positive the person who wrote that was white. To I me, bet you, yeah. can, you can talk for a little bit if you want to, but eventually I'm going to look that up while you're having some sort of dialogue about something. Um, okay. And I want to see if I, my assumptions are right because it would be pretty convenient if the person who actually wrote that was uh, a Caucasian individual because then, of course, he's gonna, he or she is going to write, you know what? 
eh, that's my opinion that we should just not learn languages. We should just, you know, yeah, just, exactly. Just, just do, do, so do we that. can just academically learn their culture as long as we, you know, we just study it. And in that sense, you're not really studying it in the sense of actually interacting with a person. Because, of course, to interact with the person, you're going to need their language. Whereas if you're saying, look, we don't really need to focus on language, what we need to focus on is their culture. That means you're less so interacting with them, but you're more so studying them. Maddie Savage. Maddie Savage. Sounds that sounds pretty freaking white All to right, me. So there you go. Um, white Maddie. That's what they called her. <laughs> Maddie S. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that was an interesting article, and I thought people maybe should you know, look more into that. Look so. into it. All right. So as I had stated earlier in I'm the excited. podcast. This is, I'm excited. Another BBC article that I read that I found pretty interesting uh, is about, it about? It's about stories. Stories. Now, I think if anyone who knows us from the podcast or in real we life, like our stories. we like talking about stories. I specifically really like you to love the stories about stories. That's for darn sure. So they did an, um, a collection of, of researchers mm-hmm. about their take, because many people have various reasonings for, for whatever, especially when it comes to something as, as broad as the statement of human stories, mm-hmm. as to what purpose... Does stories have in a society? I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Fun facts about stories: the oldest okay. story we know documented um, Gilgamesh. is Gilgamesh. Yeah, is Gilgamesh, uh-huh. and it's a story of the Great Flood. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's it's a widely specified story, and it's from amongst... that Star Trek episode. Which one was that? Where um, what's his name? Um, the guy. What's the guy's name Jean-Luc on there? Picard. Yeah, Picard gets kidnapped, and he gets uh, transported to this um, planet. Where it's him and the other ship's captain, and the ship's captain communicates not like human language, but he communicates by referencing stories. And it's supposed to be that whom he communicates with are his people, so they have a shared cultural background. So when he alludes to a story in a certain scenario, like that person knows what he means. Right. And then, um, so Picard gradually realizes this is how he communicates. And then he understands that he has to invoke one of his culture's great tales, and he evokes the story of Gilgamesh, because the other captain gets injured and is about to die. So he invokes the part of Gilgamesh where Enkidu gets injured, and uh, Gilgamesh laments over Enkidu's death. Hmm. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah. Now that mm-hmm. it's a, they were like on a, they were they were they were almost kill, trying to fight and kill each other, right? No. They what actually happened was they were transported to a planet with like a very powerful predator who was trying to kill both of them and the reasoning behind this and this was the cap the um, alien captain who wanted to do this the idea was that through this shared experience and overcoming it together they would forge a bond that could create a bond with their civilizations so the other captain dies yeah but the bond uh-huh. is made yeah uh-huh. huh. go figure so gilgamesh then that mm-hmm. story is specifically about uh, the the Great Flood, more or less. And that's the oldest of stories. Is it? Yes. Because the way I remember it is Gilgamesh was the king. I'm sure the Great Flood happened to yeah. it. But I think the basis is Gilgamesh is the king. And Gilgamesh is a violent ruler, and he takes all his subjects' wives and whatnot. So the gods are angry about this, and they create Ankidu, An- who is like this wild beast man who is powerful so, to go fight Gilgamesh, but then they become friends. But I'm sure there's a flood the older, in there the somewhere. Older, the older tale I've heard was the tale of Gilgamesh, where Gilgamesh was some weird guy that just made a, just made a boat and that he owed debtors or something or other. Hmm. And there was a flood or something. And I'm there, sure there's some kind of Near East. There's all flood stories in the Near East. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that's the story of Gilgamesh. Okay. Whatever. Point being, um, why do humans have stories? I don't know. The first speculation was simply it was for escapism. Life mm. sucks when you're a nomad and you're going to be eaten by a tiger. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go figure. But then academics said that's a kind of a lazy thing. Yeah. They said around 6 to 7% of our lives are based upon having some sort of fantasy based on a screen, a book, a, a, or verbal uh, communication, mm-hmm. auditorial communication, or us just thinking of stories. Mm-hmm. 6% of our lives are literally living in that fantasy hmm. or being told a fantasy in that sense that's a lot of time given that's the fact sure. how much time we sleep too mm-hmm. our, sto- our lives revolve around hearing stories so they started to contemplate and i don't know if it's so apparent or, or so obvious but more or less they're given stories so that they can have mental exercises with themselves they give themselves more identity mm-hmm. so for example 
uh, what is my place in this world? Hmm. I'm going to base myself off of the stories of other people to see where I fit into this narrative. Also was used as a lesson and that nomadic stories varied much differently from when stories started to come about when you lived in urban societies. Hmm. Instead of being a free-willing, fighting individual in nomadic storylines that people had during that time. It's more about cooperation. It's more about cooperation hmm. and being unique but staying an even keel with yeah. the status quo. Uh-huh. Um, fighting tyrants but not being a tyrant yourself. Mm-hmm. Kind of that simple logical explanation. More civilized, one could argue, in the sense that people want to be more cooperative. And I think maybe the violence had decreased in that way because during nomadic times and all these hunter-gatherer societies that it was a brutal survivalist lifestyle versus mm-hmm. when you have a communal social contract-esque lifestyle, you have to give up freedoms and then more honor is given to those who are able to be copacetic mm-hmm. with other people. So I don't know if it's so much of a of a mind-blowing idea that people have stories to give moral context to their own lives but i think it's an interesting idea that storytelling like final fantasy 7 in the modern era through video game uh narratives help dictate the needs of a society through storytelling at all so for example is what i'm getting at is final fantasy 7 wouldn't have been a great game it had the story not connected with so many people. Yeah, of course. One could argue then that that connection it was needed because something was lacking in the other stories and narratives that are being in place, mm. or at least how it was presented. Mm-hmm. I think the story of the Odyssey is literally the story that every other story ever done in in Western history and Western literature is all based off of the Odyssey. Mm. That's my firm opinion, and I don't think it's oh, David's an intellectual academic literature person, or whether going to Oxford uh, like like a friend of ours. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's 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 literary it's it's the founding fault fo- it's a fo- it's a building blocks of our Western narratives. Mm-hmm. Man goes to find himself to an epic and journeys across the land to only come back to have his self realization and through his strifes he goes against the gods or the gods could be considered nature or the nature or the gods could be considered the strives of living whether mm-hmm. it's a tyrannical government whether it's a societal's restraints whether it's familiar needs and bonds that he has to be up for it's all the same crap that's interesting going against the odds specifically so the iliad came before the odyssey i think the iliad is more important personally you mean the story of troy yeah that was so yeah the odyssey is after the iliad when he's trying to well i know that no no no, i know that but then yeah yeah, yeah. you think the iliad is more important yeah i think so why do you think so just because i think it's more it's more famous not nowadays, because they teach the Odyssey famous. more. But back in the day, it would have been the Iliad. Everyone really? Was Why would you say that? that? Why I, would you think that's more that's important in Western I, culture? That's the sense I get. It, I just think it was more talked about before modern times. I think Iliad. it was just about two people fighting over a woman. Mm. But I'm anyway, not, I'm not... so I was listening to a, listening to a podcast the other day where there was Traitor. a professor. <laughs> there was a <laughs> she pro- listening to nothing but Tim and Dave show. There podcast. was a professor of the classics on the podcast. Okay. And this professor made a pretty interesting point. Hmm. He he said that the absolute essence of all like Western cult of like Western literature hmm. and all offshoots of Western literature, Western right. media in general, right. was this one like scene in the Iliad huh. where so the deal was Achilles heard before the so the king wanted to invade Troy, right? And he needed Achilles. You're, you know, Achilles yeah, yeah, yeah. was half god. He was a great right. warrior. Right. So the king goes to the king goes to Achilles, oh, and god, Achilles. Brad Pitt was so hot. In that well, that's for darn sure. Okay. So Achilles hears some prophecy that if he went to the war, he would die but be glorious. If he stayed home, he would not have glory, but he would live a long, great life. So he decides to go to the war, and then at a certain point, he decides. Forget this. Who cares about glory? I'm going to go home and have a great life for forever. And that's his decision. He's going to go back away from this. He decides, I don't care about glory. Glory doesn't matter. What does glory mean? That that has nothing to do with me. I realize this is stupid. I'm going to go back home. But what pulls him back is that his cousin gets killed. So then he decides, I came for glory, but now I'm staying for revenge. So, I mean, that's... I mean, that's a concept, too. No, I get it. Like, does, And it's like... I think it also puts apart a certain idea that one must risk great things to gain great things. Mm -hmm. Now, I think, though, the narrative in and of itself 
has changed in our society to a certain degree as well because that's kind of barbaric in a way, right? Well, to that's go, the thing. Go um, to the so in our, the Iliad was very old. Well, of course it was. What I'm saying is though is that in our society, I think it's not necessary. I think it's more. I think it's because of capitalism. I think mostly mm. the idea is to be complacent and content mm-hmm. rather yeah. than try to think above and beyond the box. Uh-huh. I mean, only if you are the brightest or the richest may you think above and beyond. Everybody mm. else should stay in their place. Yep. But then again, let's be fair too. Could that not also be argued to a certain extent during an agrarian society where the farmer peasant boy had little uh-huh. to no options and only the it's rich true. bureaucratic or monarchical country um, uh, power figures mm-hmm. were able to allow themselves? And think of all the great people in history that may not necessarily came from extraordinary means and may actually had come also from very poorer means mm-hmm. who had changed the world. Joan of Arc could be another example. Joseph Priestley. Uh-huh. Uh, Benjamin Franklin. Joseph uh, Stalin. Joseph no, not Joseph Stalin. Okay. Um, these people but who... But he came from humble means and he changed the world. Yes, but that... Okay. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons from evil. I'm talking about for good as well. And one could argue that maybe there was a semblance in that idea, that maybe it's not so barbaric. Maybe maybe Troy and, and Achilles and that fight was the, was the centering point of that society of how to mm. gain glory. But the idea was simply just, if you want to make a name for yourself in this life, in this world, you must seek it out mm. and go forward and do it. And that's why I say the Odyssey or the Iliad, for that matter, are the tenements to the majority of all things within the majority of all literature ever made in the majority of Western civilization. Um, one could even argue that possibly the Bible was influenced by it. Who mm. knows? Who knows? But that's another story for another day. Well, surely it was in many senses. Well, I mean, if we want to get technical, but then again, what, what, what can we really prove one way or the other? It was not really written down until probably the coincidence of the histories of the Jewish people. We don't have a written document of the Yilid and Odyssey probably till. I believe, around 400 A.D. Yeah, probably. Or B.C., rather. Excuse me. Yeah. It I wouldn't be surprised 400 A.D. No, 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 no. We the don't Greeks go- definitely wrote it down, man. They wrote it down, but what exists? I think the old, probably one of the oldest things were probably around 400, 300 A.D. B.C. I'd be surprised, but right, I'd have to look gonna into it. We're going to have to look that one up. Uh, fact check us, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Anyways, so stories mm-hmm. needed. Yeah. Could be just for entertainment purposes to could escape be. your life. Could or be. Or it could be to elicit some sort of message. Now, one thing can be said about... I want to say Brad Pitt, but the one thing could be said <laughs> a about lot Achilles. of things could be said about, about Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Oh boy, um, Achilles is that he did become glory. Uh-huh. He did have glory. He mm-hmm. literally has never been erased in history and never mm-hmm. will be. What can we say about that of such ancient stories? Mm. And that makes you wonder. Like, and as we're getting older, I keep I kind of think mm-hmm. about this myself too. Will I just die and be dug into the dirt and just yep. be forgotten? Yep. But then again. Then it again. relates me back to Zach Fair from Final Fantasy VII mm. passing on the Buster Sword to Cloud Strife and says to him, you will be my living legacy. In a sense, when one has children, you're passing on your Buster Sword for them to be then your living legacy. Mm. And in parts of them, you still live and exist. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, again, we're getting older and I've been thinking about this too. Maybe having children really is just that. I mean, in the end of the day, how many people in history are really ever going to be remembered? I think the time very you, few, very few. And the time that you die is the time that the person anybody says your name, not when you go down to the ground, but the time, the moment you die is when your name is spoken for the very last time mm-hmm. in all of of all of creation. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then at the same token, you know, Kunamatata, Circle of Life. Thank you, mm-hmm. Lion King. You know, Elton John. Um, we pass on our knowledge and our traits and our understandings to our children mm-hmm. or people that we mentor. And that's why the story of Cloud Strife, the story of Zach Fair, the story of Final Fantasy VII really got to me in that sense where, you know, I may or may not ever have children one day. I don't know. I'm not saying one way or the other. But perhaps the people that I've influenced, the people that I've helped, the people that I've cared for, a part of me will still reside inside their spirit, besides their heart. And in the moment in which they have a thought, an inkling, an incident where they could say and look back into an experience or thing I said and it influenced, that that is an awakening, a rebirth of who I am. And that then leads me to one other idea of this idea of stories about people, about mm. passing on lineages. Mm-hmm. Who am I speaking? Who is it? Who is alive in the words and the actions and the the things that I do in the day to day lives. Wow. Who am I? Re- who was being reborn through mm. these actions? Wow. Who taught me? Who taught them? Who taught them? Who taught them? All the way down the line. 
I just wonder that's the 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 progressionary action of kindness, of love, of, of mm-hmm. affection, of help. Who who am I bringing back into the world? You know what I mean. And another token of that is if you do evil, terrible, horrible things. Oh yeah. What are you living back into that world? What Who's going to forget ideas? Hitler? God, why nah, do we always no go one. back to Stalin? <laughs> these terrible people. So I just thought that was interesting. I love stories. It's a great. I love. Thing. I like stories too. You read more than me. I know that. I know. Um, that's about it. Okay. That's about it. That's, All right. That's literally. I thought. That's I, thought about I just it. wanted to end it with that. And um, God, it feels. Don't you feel the energy? I feel it. I feel, I feel the, the energy. energy. Ladies and gentlemen, do you feel the energy? There's a lot of energy in oh, this room here, right now, David. I love oh, yeah. oh. Mm. I wanted to play another song at the beginning of our intro, but do I, it. I was unable to figure out the oh, chords. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. But it was... Uh, Maybe next week. What would you do, do if I sang Wait, That's the song I started with. Wait, help. help. I, I need, need somebody. somebody. Help. Not, Not just, just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. When I was younger, so much younger than today, I didn't need anybody's help in any way. Ooh, dude, we should be a duet. Like, let's, <laughs> do it. let's just go to a coffee shop. All right, Friday night, Westchester duet. Some something. I think we both. I think we have a good complimentary view here. I think so. That's why we should play PUBG together. We'll probably be a good team. All right. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Intimidate Show podcast. It has been a blast. It has been, and I'm so happy we were able to get together. I'm glad. I am pumped. I am I'm ready. Pumped. You know, we should do this more on Fridays. So I think we're a lot more jovial. Than yeah, I think so. I think it gives you a better energy. Yeah, Things yeah. To think about. Think. We'll think, think about we'll it. Think about it. Um, but guys, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. Thank you so much for your support. It has really lifted me up. Like I the agree. comments we're getting on Facebook, the likes, the, mm-hmm. the guys, you, the messages. The nudes. You, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> It really means a lot to us, guys. <laughs> From every aspect of us, we we thank you for the bottom of our hearts, and thank you so much for enjoying this. We enjoy it that you enjoy it, and we enjoy it because we enjoy it. Yes. So thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I hope you have a great and wonderful rest of your week. This is Tim. And this is Diddly Papalopoulos Dave. And this is Tim and Diddly Papalopoulos Dave show. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your week. Bump. Bump. Good, good talk. Good talk. And that was a lot of the, 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 kind of a non-climactic. Yeah. I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Boop. Boop. Boop.